When this boy meets girl, this boy meets world. When this girl meets boy, meets boy, meets world. Hello, class. Open up your textbooks to Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World Season 2, Episode 16, Chapter Titled Danger Boy. Danger Boy. That's a song. That's a song from like 19, what 2010. Song was that? Uh, it's uh, Tenacious D. Oh, that's right. That's why I didn't know it very well because I, I did not like them. I didn't think about that the entire time we watched this episode. So the fact that it just hit me while we're recording means. I'm you a... could have just let it happen organically. No, I was just, it's the... the. Did you like Tenacious D? The performance coming out of me. Did you like I've got Tenacious... a little performance coming out of me, Tanya. <laughs> uh, I did like them, yes. Okay. Uh, their first album I did. Um, anyway, how are you? Hi. Hi. What's up? Not much. Well, maybe a lot, but like not a lot. Hi, class. How's it going? Oh, class, by the time you're hearing this, not by the time we're recording this, so this is like a very in-between period. By the in time... a few days no. from now. A few days ago from now. A few days from now for us, a few days ago for you. What about for me when I sit down to edit? <coughs> like, where? so everything is so topsy-turvy. Why is time like this? Oh my gosh, can you not? Uh, we're going to be married on Friday, so a few days after you hear this. If you hear this. No, it'll be a few days before you hear this. Whatever. Unless you break into our house and you hear it. Right now, as we're doing this. That'd be You're just nuts. listening outside the window. That's the only way that you'll hear this before we get married. Yep. So, Miranda, please walk away from our window. <laughs> Miranda. So, we're going to be married. Yep. Are you excited? I'm excited. Or were you asking them? Because I'm, I'm sure they're very excited sure they for us. Don't. They're so tired of us living in sin. They don't care at all. At BMG and BMW, if you give a shit at all. Um, or just tweet at us, hashtag, I give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm calling it off. No. <laughs> uh, so we watch Boy Meets World. Unless we have more to say about how we're going to be married it's just kind of a thing that's going to happen yeah it's a thing that should have should happened. we record it on the podcast no way dear podcast no i do <laughs> i just married the podcast what if we have a listener that's an officiant and they could have married us and we just didn't know you know where they don't live they don't live in montana i know that much that's true but neither do we so even if they did live in montana their officiant status wouldn't work here in virginia somebody, we have very strict laws here somebody forward this on to an officiant in montana so they, <laughs> <laughs> they will listen. we're talking about you sir uh-huh. or, or ma'am ma'am or they you so, all so we watched Boy Meets World season two, episode 16, mm-hmm. um, called Wonder Boy. Not Wonder Boy. It's I mean, Danger Boy. Oh, wait, that's the song. <laughs> <laughs> I lost my performance. <laughs> you were, you just made it better. You changed it. I, I wonder how many people listened to me go, Danger Boy. And thought you did it on purpose. And then clicked off because they were like, this guy sucks. He, Everyone. He thinks it's Danger Boy when it's actually Wonder Boy. Or and they then, thought that you changed it like to be funny they, and then you, you just you couldn't I didn't. He's really bad at lyrics. Guys. We watched Danger Boy, season two, episode sixteen, directed mm-hmm. by David Trainer, written by Glenn Mertzer. That feels like a very season one group of people. Tanya? Yes. This hurts me very hard. This hurts me so hard. But I know how much it means to you. Blurb me up. Episode 16 of Season 2, Danger Boy. The blurb is, Corey signs up to be a crash test dummy. Okay. All right. Uh, so that's what we watched. And show over. Yeah. Class Cl- dismissed. Class. Bye. We're going to go get married now. Uh, class or we're not. Where do we start? On the couch. We start yes. on the couch. Uh-huh. Doing what? What are we doing? Making out with Eric. Oh, we're making out with Eric. <laughs> Deep down, like... Going to town. Hi, I'm Kim. I'm making out with Eric. Tongue down his throat. That's gross. Stop it. They were going. They were it was making uncomfortable. Out. It was uncomfortable, and they were like, I don't know. They were like 
whispering gross stuff to each other and they were like pretending to be studying and being like I'm studying your face and it's so cute and then they would like start making out more and it was just like I don't want to watch this I really hate that my dumb dumb brain can't watch these things without seeing a director sitting off screen going more no I can't either I don't that's understand what it bothers. that's why it bothers me so much like shove your tongue down his throat a little bit further yeah like when i was 16 i was doing that but uh but a 16 year old isn't directing 16 year olds to do this that's what i'm saying i didn't have someone in the corner just like hey just more just do i want to want you to do more of that get real in there go on come on directors have to do it all the time i know it just feels weird because these moments are uncomfortable for us. Like, well, well they're uncomfortable for me to watch. So I find it uncomfortable. So I don't have this feeling on other things. Like, I don't watch movies and think that. Like, in movies, you're watching this thing happen. Mm-hmm. And you're watching a story. I don't know if maybe it's because we grew up watching these kids that it seems different to me. But yeah. it definitely does. Yeah, and like, in this part specifically, it's just like, they do the little, like, music part, the and what? then like that was that was music yeah and then all of a sudden it's like boom from the very beginning you just see them making out on That's the couch true. it's there's no lead into it it's not Corey walking in and be like whoa 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 like it's just like okay let's watch them make out on the couch for five minutes and i'm not like like if you want to make out on the couch for five minutes good on you if you want to watch she's them not, make out on the couch for five minutes, couch good on you. Shaming I'm just, you. I'm not couch shaming you. I'm not make out shaming you. I just, like, I'm not watching you, so it's fine. I'm watching this. It was uncomfortable. Also, it wasn't five minutes. It was five it seconds. It felt like a week. <laughs> uh, so anyway, yeah, they're making out on the couch. And she was really annoying. Was she? Yes. Okay, she was, but that comes up later. She wasn't annoying while they were making out. Yes, she was. How so? Because, like, he's Oh, God, like, this is such a negative start. Whatever. It was a negative start for me, too, when I was watching the show. Eric is like, okay, we need to study. And she's like, yeah, yeah, you're right. We need to study. And then as soon as he looks at his book, she starts, like, caressing his hair and, like, whispering in his ear and just being like, okay, let him study. Sure, but then he interrupted her when she was like, okay, we got a test. And he was like, I'm going to study these lips right here. Ew, ew, that was awful. That's what he did. I know. It so was, they were... Okay, anyway, so Eric and Kim, mm-hmm. which we find out when they stop making out enough to talk to each other because he's like, oh, Kim, blah, blah, blah. I don't know what they said. I started to he said lock out the entire scene. He said something about how he wants to learn more about this legislative branch, these lips. Mm-hmm. And starts making out again. And then she says, all right, well, um, or he says, maybe we can do something this weekend or whatever. Like we can go out Saturday. Yeah, and she's like, uh-uh-uh, I can't. I have to hang out with my cousin. And he's like, ditch her. And he's, she's like, I can't. She's 13. And he's like, oh, I know a 13-year-old that could double with us. Mm-hmm. And she's like, who? And he's like, my brother, Corey. And she goes, mm, what's he like? All right. I don't know why you're so mad at her in this scene and not at Eric, because he's just as bad. She um, said, Oh, you have a 13-year-old brother. Mmm. What's he like? For her cousin. Mmm. Yeah. For What's her... your cousin like? So she says Saturday, blah, blah, blah. He starts talking up Corey. He's trying to tell her how mature and... Because she says that her cousin is super mature. She's, She's from, from New, New York. York. And he says... Well, Corey is super mature too. Like you've never met a kid this mature. Which is accurate. He can be very mature. He can be, but seconds later he walks into the door and he goes, "Guys, look at this! I'm a fountain!" and starts spitting water out onto the floor. Not like... and balancing on one leg in a way that I would have fallen over doing maturity. That sure. right there. How would you feel if one of our kids started spitting water onto they the floor? They have, and it depends on my mood. <laughs> Uh, it changes real quick when they start spitting water on the floor, I'll tell you that much. Yeah, the first time I'd be like, ah, ha, 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 and then they'd probably do it over and over again. Then I'd be like, all right, that's it. You're all grounded. Uh-huh. But anyway, 
Did you notice that Corey looked older when he came in? He did. Okay. It wasn't just me. No, he absolutely did. As soon as he walked in, first off, I thought Eric had darker hair. I don't know if I'm crazy, but it looked like his hair was dyed darker. It was like brown brown. Yeah. Yeah. Second off, Corey looked like he had grown like six months. So I think there must have been an... um, a gap in between episodes it could have been you know how a lot and definitely back then they did like a split in the middle so you had the first half of the season and then there was a break around christmas time they didn't do that then well they didn't do it here oh this episode aired the week after the last episode i looked oh um so there wasn't a split in airing but that doesn't mean there wasn't a split in recording so i don't know when it was recorded um but anyway he definitely looked older but uh, so he spits water on the floor, um, he, and he yells, I got to show Sean, Sean, and runs upstairs. So I guess Sean was upstairs while he was practicing downstairs. He just came downstairs to get a drink, and then he was going back up. I don't remember seeing him come downstairs. He, you don't see him come downstairs. That doesn't mean he didn't come downstairs. There's also stairs in the kitchen that go upstairs. But he wanted to go through the living room so that he could show them the trick. So then he showed them the trick and then ran upstairs. Okay. Because they have two stairs. Tell, say stairs one more time. Stairs. Good God. Um, <laughs> so he runs upstairs and she looks at Cor- or Eric and she's like, mm-mm. And he says, no, too much. And as they're talking about how she, she, he needs to, she needs to ditch her cousin. Sean walks down and says, I just need to get a drink and walks through and like looks at them weird. You know, he says something like, carry on, you know, keep what you're, whatever you're doing. Um, and then comes back through with a glass of water or something and says, uh, sorry, I, I didn't actually need a drink. I just, Corey said that there, Eric was down here with a, with a gorgeous girl. Um, uh, so I and just, it was like worth the trip or something yeah, like yeah. that. And she was like, ooh, he's nice. Ooh, who was that? Mm-hmm. And he's 13 too, right? For her cousin. She's a creep. She's, no, but she sucks. Mm. She does suck because she's being weird about her who her cousin dates. But anyway, um, she's 16, her cousin's 13. She's just trying to look out for her. So then she starts to say that he looks like the kind of guy that my cousin would like. Bring him along. Ditch your brother. And Eric's like, no, I can't. Me- meanwhile, I'm just sitting here thinking Corey has no idea that any of this is happening. And why can't Eric just be like, hey, Sean, go on a double date with me. And don't worry about Corey. Like, I'm setting you up on a double date. What is the big deal? It was a big deal. We'll see later. So uh, er- Eric is defending Corey, saying no he's my yeah. my brother this is my blood he is my blood i can't do that to my own blood and, and then kimberly throws mm-hmm. him back on the couch on top of him starts making out with him and he's just like oh sean has blood too cut now where are we we're in the hallway we're in the hallway and mr feeney and mr turner are talking again your two favorite buddies i love them together so much mr feeney and mr turner are talking about uh mr feeney says that the club meetings are coming up and they have to get together to figure out who was which teacher was going to lead which club and jonathan does not mm. want to go to jonathan. the club meeting he's very upset about he's it. very negative about all meetings the way mm-hmm. i am negative about kim and, and boy Eric. meets world <laughs> i'm not negative about what what did i say negative or was it a different word that just came out of my mouth it felt like a different word anyway so yeah he jonathan because that's what mr feeney calls him all the time he's like jonathan and he doesn't want to go. Mr. Feeney tells him he has to. And that's basically the end of their exchange. And then we go. Do we go to the meeting after that? Nope, no. We go so to Eric. It slides over to Eric. Eric at a different locker. Because Sean is at a different locker again. They just switch back and forth. Sean's at a locker. Eric comes over and he's like, hey, want to go out on a double date? And Sean's like, uh, what about Corey? Why didn't you ask Corey? She's making a face right there. I know she doesn't know that that doesn't come through on the microphone, but Tanya's making a face. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Um, Let's put a positive spin on this. Okay, please. So, um, Sean is saying, yeah, what about Corey? And Eric says, oh, he's, uh, you know, he's got a thing. He can't, he can't do it. He's busy. Um, I, I definitely asked him. Of course, why wouldn't I ask my own brother? I asked him first and he said he couldn't. So, yeah, you want to do it? 
and uh, Sean agrees to it, and then we cut to the club meeting. So now we're at the club meeting. I love the club meeting. The club meeting is being led. By Mimi. From the Drew Carey show. Yeah. She doesn't have makeup on her face, but Mm -hmm. she has the same energy and... She's very pizzazz. She's very, very excited about the club. She's very, very excited a, about Jonathan sitting right in front of her. She is very excited about him. And then she says, ski trip. I think that that would be great. Or ski club. I think that would be great for Jonathan. And he goes, only if you'll do it with me, which was weird. But Yeah, they're like flirting back and forth mm-hmm. and whatever. But I, but I couldn't figure out what it... It seemed like he was doing it for the purpose of getting something. And I'm not sure what that something was. I think he was just having fun. You think? Yeah, you do stuff like that. Like, you flirt, like, fake flirt, like... Yeah. For fun. It seemed like he was just trying to have fun at this meeting he didn't want to be at. And I think that it also seemed like he and Dot, who is the one that um, is played by Mimi... Oh. Um have like kind of a funny camaraderie as it is Mm. like they're friends with each other they're faculty together and they're used to joking around back and forth like this that's what it seems like to me that makes sense i would definitely was trying to figure out what his game was it seemed like he was trying to play a game so you should have asked me could have just we can't talk about it while we're watching it oh i know you almost threw a bar stool at me (laughs) last night i did not I did as we were putting out because we were going to record last night and we just couldn't. We were too tired. Um, And God forbid we do another episode where we're talking for 45 minutes about how tired we are. Um, And we she went to go put the stuff away that we were going to use to record. And then she said, it just felt like a last season episode. And I was like, no, stop it. This is for tomorrow night. Um, So anyway. I mean, he was shocked I would even remotely bring up Boy Meets World outside of this room with a microphone between us. I am a professional. That you are. That is the thing I love about you and why I am marrying you three Three days days ago. ago. Danger boy. (laughs) Uh, So... Anyway, they, they discuss the ski trip, and then they get to chess club, and they she goes, obviously, Mr. Mr. Feeney is going to take care of that. And he's like, what? Why? What do you mean, obviously? And they're just like, uh, because, obviously. And he's like, I am so tired of... Well, somebody says, I mean, I think it was Mr. Turner goes, I mean, look at you. And and he's like, I'm so tired of everyone assuming that just because this little guy is over here wearing a sweater vest, that he's he's going to be predictable and only do things that look like he would do or whatever like Mm -hmm. and uh mr turner's like so i assume that i should say we should stop assuming things and and Uh, everybody laughs well and then he goes he looks at mr feeney and goes oh i bet you assumed i was gonna say that didn't you and Mr. Feeney gives him a look like yeah i did and he goes oh wow you're good (laughs) um but anyway, so now we cut to the kitchen. We go to the kitchen for our C-plot. We are killing it with C-plots this season, or at least the last few episodes. I had to do so much research on the C-plot. Why? You'll find out. Let's just talk about the C-plot. Okay. Okay. So we are in the kitchen. Amy walks in. She's carrying groceries. She's always carrying groceries in. Always. Yes, she is she a She carries grocery- them in. She puts them on the table. She starts unloading them and Alan comes in. I'm the Amy of our relationship. And I'm the Alan. Yeah. Anyway, I got my hair done. How do you think? <laughs> did you get a weave? <laughs> she walks in and she says, or he says something about how, you know, how did your hair appointment go? And she says, it went great. And he says, okay, thanks. Gotta love, you know, I love you. The kids are, uh, the kids are all taken care of. They ate beer nuts for dinner and... I'm on my way. And she goes, okay, have fun at your poker game. And thanks for not bringing up my hair that I just got done. And he's like, oh, 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 your hair. At, uh, that looks, looks the looks same the as it always same. does, which it does. It does look the same. And as a person who goes to a salon every two years, mm-hmm. even if you don't get your hair cut, your hair looks different when the salon does your hair. Like... There was nothing different about her hair whatsoever. It looked like she had slept on it, woken up, and, like, walked into the kitchen, which 
her hair is the style of then and that's fine but it did not look like she just got back from the salon right maybe it did because maybe there was a big jump in between the season or the episodes and like it grew really long and and she got it cut cut yeah no so he's he was like oh it looks the same and she was like what and she's like primping it and stuff she's like but i got a weave this time (laughs) and i was like what what does she mean like so i started thinking does she mean that like they put in like the body boosting um hair extensions which is a thing like they like put in more hair like in between your actual hair to give it more body so i thought maybe that's what she meant by a weave and then i was like no that can't like that's a thing that people just started doing over the past few years so i had to look up what is a weave during the 90s please tell me you found something out so this has a payoff did okay a weave is a half perm they would curl the hair around perm rods but only half of it so from the root to the middle of the hair and then leave the second part of the hair hanging out so that it added body to the first half of the hair. It was called a weave perm. And that's what Amy got done for $130. Why would you get loud now? Because it was $130. We haven't gotten to that part yet. I just said it. Well, so Alan starts to walk out and he goes, I mean, it, lo- it just looks the same to me, uh, but I got to go. And she goes, it shouldn't look the same. It cost me a fortune. And he's like, Wait, what, a fortune? And shuts the door and turns around and he goes, why would this cost you a fortune? Which is a valid question. Mm -hmm. He's like, it looks the same as always. It doesn't make sense. How much did you pay? And she says, oh, I don't remember. And he says, let me grab your checkbook. I'm sure you wrote it down in there. And she says, a hundred and thirty. And he's like, a hundred and thirty, what? And he starts freaking out about the the cost. And she's like, anyway, go, 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 go play poker. Have fun. They're probably telling dirty jokes right now. Just go. And he ends up leaving. Mm -hmm. Um, He's not like like mad mad at her. No, no, not for sure. Like he handled it pretty well. Like I would be surprised if you came back and you told me it was $130 and your hair looked exactly the same. I will snip off the ends of my own hair and not go to a salon for forever. Like I'm aware. But um yeah. So that happens. Oh, during that, by the way, I wrote this down because I thought it was funny. She says, "That's just what Rodique charges." And he says, "Rodique, that's what happens. You went to a guy named Rodique. Go to a guy named Fred. He charges you 20 bucks unless you read Playboy." <laughs> <laughs> so that was good. So now we cut to Chubbies. Yes. Yeah, so now we're at Chubbies. Like Chubbies Chubbies, not fake Chubbies. Right. We're at real Chubbies where Chubbs is behind the counter and Corey comes over. You know, he's doing the, Chubbs like, is his best friend. Like they're best buddies. He's doing like the Homer Simpson, I'm sad, please get me a drink. Yeah, look. like Moe's. He's just like, hey Chubbies, what can you do for me today? Yeah, he calls him Chubbs and, yeah. and Chubbies just like... Oh, where's your potsy? And he was like... I'm flying solo tonight. I'm flying solo tonight. I've been looking everywhere for him and I can't find him. And Chubby goes, Oh, well, let me see what kind of magic I can do. And he's like, number 42. 41. I don't know why I corrected you, but I wrote it down. So I was going to say, 41. And Sean turns around and goes, yeah. And Corey goes, potsy. Potsy. How did you do that? And he goes... You think that was something? Let me show you something else. Number 62 and an Elvis impersonator or I, think I guess it was Elvis. maybe Elvis. It was supposed to be Elvis because, you know, there was the whole theory back then about Elvis not actually being dead and stuff. Mm-hmm. So Elvis comes over and grabs his food and like, like, hey, you got any pie? Because Elvis yeah. like pie. Mm-hmm. And he goes, don't tell anybody else here. And Sean and Corey are just like staring at him and then they stare back at Chubby and they're just like, what? And then Sean goes back to the table and Corey's like, what are you doing here? And he's like, actually, I'm on a double date right now. And he goes back to his table and Corey's just like. Because Corey goes, let me see your date. Yeah, let me see your date. Or is she pretty? Let me see what she looks like. And he goes to the table and he's like, Sean, 
your date looks a lot like my brother. Because both of the girls were not at the table. It was just Eric sitting there. And he's like, it looks just like my brother. And, and he says, Eric says something. And Corey's just like, he sounds like my brother too. So Sean says, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just on the date. I'm on, I'm on that date that you couldn't, you couldn't go on. Poor sweet innocent Sean really was a victim in this situation. He had no idea. He was. And Corey didn't seem mad at him. So we'll get to that. Um, Sean says... Uh, I'm on that date that you couldn't go on, you know, that you had to turn down. Why aren't you, you know, aren't you supposed to be busy? And Corey goes, what do you, what date that I turned down? And Eric's just like, hey, Corey, it was great to see you. We got to go. Bye. Well, he's like, oh, your birthday's in seven months. Mm. I, we really need to talk about what we're going to do for your birthday. And Corey's like, what is happening? And Eric's like, oh, your birthday is happening in seven months. And the girls come over. And as the girls are coming over, Corey's like, why wouldn't you have asked me to go on this date? I'm your brother. And uh lisa what was her name lisa which one the, the New York older girl or kim kim was lisa the younger girl i don't know what the I younger think girl's so. name was kim goes oh it's the guy that spit all the water and she's like do you spit water can you show me now that's what the also, younger the 13 she looks saying. like she's older than kim do you know who she was no mina savari no, she wasn't. Yes, she was. <gasps> I love Mina Suvari. How did I not notice? Was Mina Suvari really that tall? I don't know. I I don't know what to tell you. I figured you knew because I know you love her. I don't think I like looked at her that closely. I just thought, oh wow, she looks a lot tall or she looks a lot older than Kim. But mm-hmm. I didn't like look at her face. And Mina Suvari has a very distinct face. Yeah. Um, and I, she she looked older than 13, which is weird because now she looks so much younger yeah, than she, she actually is. She has since she turned like 25. Right. Like she just almost like ages down. Has she done anything recently? Because I do love her. I don't know. But in 1995, she did Boy Meets World. That is true. Uh, that is true. So, yeah, she actually seems interested in Corey's whole shtick, but we don't. And she seems really sweet. Uh-huh. And... um. Corey's like, yeah, I'm not doing that anymore or something like that. She's like, oh, and um, Kim had said something about like, oh, well, your brother, blah, blah, blah. And as they're leaving, like Corey's like, yeah, well, thanks for remembering my name because Mm -hmm. she blatantly disregarded him as a person. Right. And he's like, whatever, I'm fine. And he walks away and Sean tries to grab him, I think. Or was it Eric? One of them tries to grab him. And he's like, whatever, I'm fine and leaves. Um, yeah. and then we go straight from there to the, the room, their room, the boys room. Eric is coming home from his date, which I guess went fine after the whole debacle. Yeah. We, like, we don't hear anything else about the date, but that's right. Neither here nor there, I guess. But, um, Eric walks in the room and says, Corey, you're still up. Wow. You're up late. And he goes, yeah, I'm allowed to stay up past Morgan now. Yeah. And, um. Eric tries to sort of like, I don't know, like butter him up and like act like everything was fine. He's like, obviously I would have chosen you, which he did. Like, well, so yeah, but Corey doesn't know that. And Eric says, yeah, it's just real funny how like you showed up at the date tonight, isn't it? And Corey goes, funny how? Funny like a clown? You know what that's from? No. Goodfellas, I think. Oh, I hate Goodfellas. I never watched it all the way through. But it's like a huge line. Um, anyway, I'm looking that up because I don't remember if it's Goodfellas or Godfather. Same thing. Oh, God. All of the hate we're going to get. Because they're the same thing. Nobody cares about those movies anymore. The time for being, like, fanboys over Godfather and Goodfellas is past, I think. Please, it's Goodfellas. Please let us know if you agree with tanya if you like it that's great but like there was a time where all of the like super masculine guys like those were their favorite movies and it's all they watch and they had like posters of them in their rooms and stuff and like they had to buy the huge box sets of the dvds and they're like look i have every godfather movie and i don't like, think that those were super masculine dudes they were no all... but they were trying yes to be. they were dudes but that's acting. like what i'm saying is that's what they were portraying and it was really kind of annoying because, like, I maybe would have enjoyed watching the movie, like, once or twice. Mm-hmm. Godfather. I never really cared for Goodfellas. I watched part of it. Godfather, I probably would have liked a little bit more if it wasn't rammed down my throat, like, during that time. Like, between, like, 2000 and 2010. Um, uh, So, I think that those movies... Well, this was 95, so I don't, I don't know what it was like in 95. But 
I think that they were good movies, but I agree 100% that, like, because everyone else was so obsessed with them, it made me not into them. Mm -hmm. Like, I enjoyed them once, and then I was like, okay, that wasn't what I expected it to be, because anytime anybody plays something up, like, it's going to be the greatest thing in the world, it's always a disappointment. Yeah. I remember one night in particular, I watched The Godfather, and then I watched Taxi Driver the same night. And I remember going, I couldn't even follow The Godfather. Like, I was so bored. And then it was just like, bored, 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 bang, 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 bang. Everybody's being shot and killed. And it was just like too much for me. And then I thought Taxi Driver was going to be the same thing because obviously I didn't watch it when I was younger. Like, obviously I wouldn't be allowed to watch that. I loved Taxi Driver so much. It remains one of my most favorite movies. And it might not if I hadn't watched it up against a movie I hated so much. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, so Corey says the Goodfellas thing. <laughs> Corey says the Goodfellas thing. Eric, uh, or he's, he asks Eric, like, how hard is it just to think of me and ask me? And Eric's like, I did. I did. And then you, like, it was looking really good for you, Corey. And then you did the water thing. Well, it, Corey says, was it the water thing? And, and he's Eric like, goes, yeah. yeah. And, he's, and he basically says, like, your level of maturity and your level of like danger and intrigue is like way lower than a girl from new york would be she's looking, looking for yeah. she's looking for someone exciting mm-hmm. and you're you're not that like you're spitting water on a floor and Corey's like dangerous like you don't even know like i'm so dangerous like you, what what makes you think i'm not dangerous you want to know how dangerous i am and literally as he's saying that morgan runs in and he's she goes um oh, what was this oh she says, um, can, Corey, I need you to sleep with Mr. Fuzzy tonight. He had a, a bad dream, and he needs to stay somewhere safe and not anywhere dangerous. And he immediately takes the bear, and he's, like, cradling it and patting it on its head. And he's like, oh, I'm Lime Jello, because Lime Jello is safe. Right. Um, but now we go to history class because Mr. Feeney's teaching, mm-hmm. um, not any English class this episode. No English class. No Topanga again. No Topanga. No Topanga. Um, but it was nice to see Mr. Feeney teaching. And I think maybe that's one of the things that lent to an overall air of season one. Um, like maybe you're right, except for there's more to come that I want to talk about. Okay. I mean, this was a very season one-ish episode. It was, but we'll get into um, more of so, that. So, Mr. Feeney's talking. He's teaching about... What is he teaching about? I don't remember. It wasn't important. It was about a war, um, but Sean immediately, as soon as it's over, uh, yeah. references... Like, Mr. Feeney was talking. It got me thinking about, like... And he goes, you know what? I did for the first time in class mm-hmm. ever. And Corey's like, what did you do? He was like, I thought about things. Mm-hmm. And not about the war stuff. Mm-hmm. And Corey's just like, okay. And he's like, I really don't want you to be mad about me. I really had no idea that um, Eric hadn't even asked you. Like, I wouldn't have done that to you. I thought he asked you, so you shouldn't be mad at me. And Corey's like, I'm not mad at you. And Sean's like, you're not mad at me? And he's like, no, I'm not mad at you. Like, I've come to terms with the fact that this is who I am as a person. This is fine. Like, I'm green jello and that's fine it's whatever and sean can't take that answer instead he's like oh i can't look at you like this man well and he says you you don't this is just who i am i last you know what i did last night while you were out on a double date i played candyland with morgan i lost that's what i am sean i'm a candyland loser and sean just like oh it was a really good monologue i thought it it wasn't really... really a monologue but a really good self-introspective. This whole like five minute section, it really like it came at a time I needed to hear a lot of it because <laughs> I'm a Candyland loser. Uh-huh. Um, and so he says like, and Sean's like, well, what did you do after that? He was like, we colored. <laughs> he says, I, I stayed in the lines. Mom well, even put it on the fridge. Yeah, because Sean, and he's like, we colored. And Sean's just like, oh, and he's like, I stayed inside the lines. Mm-hmm. Um, so as, so Sean's just like, I can't deal with this. And he starts to leave and he's like, Mr. Feeney, you've got to talk to him, man. And as he's saying that, Corey's like, see, you know what, Sean? And he's like, Sean? And Sean's left. Yes. 
So then Mr. Feeney starts to talk to him. Hold on. Um, Corey and Mr. Feeney start talking about how people's perceptions of them, they aren't sure if that's who they really are. And they feel almost like people have put them in a box of these people that, like, they would like to be seen as something different. Um, which sounds sort of bad, but not completely, because I think everyone has something, some type of stigma. Like, for me, Alden likes to point out the fact that I never went to school constantly. <laughs> like, that's the stigma that's on me. I was homeschooled, and that's a huge stigma. Like, I did go to school, by the way, 11th and 12th grade. But anyway. Not real school. It was real school. In fact, one of the... So I work at an office now and there's this kid. He's like 16 years old and he works in the warehouse and um, he, he lives on a farm. And so he gave me his business card because he sells eggs. And so I bought eggs from him and I was cleaning out my purse after I didn't look at the business card. And I looked at the business card over the weekend and I saw what his last name was. And he has the same last name of one of our teachers at our school. Your that, mom? That kicked me out of algebra class because I wasn't smart. <laughs> she went to the principal and was like, Tanya can't do algebra. She needs to do algebra one, not algebra two. What, has she been homeschooled her whole exactly. life? Um, and... Uh, so I asked him yesterday, which was Monday, and I was like, hey, did your mom teach math at Carrie? And he was like, yes, she did. And so, like, I work with the child of one of my teachers, and I'm marrying the child of one of my teachers, a different child of yeah, one of my teachers. Yeah, definitely a different child, I hope, because <laughs> the other one's 16, you creep. Uh, so, anyway... Uh, that Mr. Feeney and Corey are talking about this, and while they're talking about it, Mr. Turner pops in and holds up a vest, and he goes, Cor- sh- He's Mr. Like, Feeney, are you, you sure? sure? Yeah, go ahead. Mr. Feeney, you, sh- you sure you don't want to come on to the, the ski trip with us? Uh, we got this cute little sweater vest for you. Or he's like, we found you a vest because yeah. they were making fun of his sweater vest before, and this is like a down puffer vest. But And like the question in itself wasn't that bad it but you could tell in the way he was saying it like he was being a a dick and do you have mr feeney's response yeah okay go ahead he goes you can keep your sweater vest and hold on to it until i'm ready for it until then stick it in your ear yeah he says actually because it wasn't a sweater vest it was just a vest she gets mad when i correct her but go ahead well, because this is important. You keep saying sweater vest, and it wasn't a sweater vest. It was a ski vest. I can't wait to save this for a marriage counselor. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'll just not. No, go ahead. Read no, it. it's okay. Um, but after that. What did he say? He said, I'm rather busy right now, so if you could just stick it in your ear till I need it. That's what he said. And then what happened? And then he gives the most brilliant speech to Corey. Go ahead. Because, like, Corey and Mr. Phoenix start talking about how, like, um, Corey feels that same way. And now he's watching Mr. Feeney, like, go through that with Mr. Turner. And, like, he sees the issue. And Mr. Feeney says, if you let people's perception of you dictate your behavior, you'll never grow as a person. But if you leave yourself open to experience, you will learn and grow. And then you can read. The and then he adds, you can grow and mature and rub their smug little earring noses in it. Yeah. Um, I didn't write that part down because that part didn't speak to me. But the rest really did because I think I always need to hear that. Well, it was just a moment where he was implying that like, it's Mr. Turner. That's my problem. Right. And uh, Corey said something about how he, you know, they're lime jello. And Mr. Phoenix like, um, sure. Uh and Corey says, we need to do something to change their minds. We're going to do this. We're going to stand up. We're going to show them that we're not who they think they are. And Mr. Feeney's like, yeah. Yeah. And he's like, we're going we're gonna to do something crazy. Yeah. We're going to do something stupid. And he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think the next thing we see is, um, is Eric going, he's, Eric is looking for. No. Are we at Amy? And Alan? Okay. I was just thinking. Amy and Alan. I was just thinking about what our future marriage counselor is going to say when they listen to this episode. I wonder if, like, we need to 
like record <laughs> like each scene i'll record my version <laughs> <laughs> and then you record your version and then we'll like compare and contrast like the newlywed game i think that's a bad idea <laughs> <laughs> Oh, anyway, yeah, we go to the kitchen and um I feel like this is really the only time we ever sort of fight is when we're recording our podcast. I don't think this is fighting at all. It's not like it's the closest we get to fighting. Especially every time you move away from the microphone and I have to pull you closer to the microphone. Um yeah, he grabs my head and just like pulls me closer to the microphone. Cuz that people are going to believe that. He doesn't do that. He's a very gentle person. I thought you were going to say gentle lover. <laughs> I was going to, but I can't let that word cross my lips. Yeah, don't. Um, anyway, so we go to the kitchen and it's, uh, uh, Alan is like rushing around. It's morning. Amy's like, oh, how was your night last night? She's cooking breakfast. And Alan's like, oh, you know, same old, same old. You know, I gotta, I'm in a hurry. I'm not sure I'm going to be able to eat breakfast. And, and he's like, oh, your hair it looks beautiful I the same. I didn't realize how much more beautiful it was now you know what when you turn this way i can see it now that's that's and she's like oh how nice um and she goes oh by the way um uh uh gordy i think yeah uh gordy just called and he he was just he wanted to make sure we were still on speaking terms after you lost three hundred dollars last night gordy's a snitch Snitches get stitches. Yeah, they do. Funny like a clown. Snitches get stitches. I don't know where you're going with funny like a clown. He's a good fellas. I don't know good fellas. Is snitches get stitches from good fellas? No. Is it from the Godfather? Yep. It's yep. not. It's from the opening scene of the Godfather. The Godfather is just like George Burns is like snitches get stitches that sounds like mr feeney was mr feeney the godfather snitches get stitches tanya anyway so you're not gonna tell mr feeney um so she says how did you lose three hundred dollars and he's like i'm sorry like i didn't i didn't realize it was even happening like i started to lo- i was losing and i kept losing and then i was done and i started to walk away and then then gordy went buck 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 and you know i hate it when gordy goes buck 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 and she's like so you lost three hundred dollars because he did that he says yeah i mean i guess you you sometimes you you lose i guess it's how poker goes and she goes get your money back and he's like you can't just you can't do that and they say you can't do that at the same time Mm -hmm. because did alan tell her to get no i didn't think so Mm -mm. alan didn't tell her to get her money back from dom dot uh rodique rodique no I don't think so. I could be wrong, but the first time we watched it, I thought that. I was like, I don't remember that. Mm-hmm. And then yesterday when we watched it, I specifically listened for that, and I did not yeah, same. hear that. Same. Um, so uh, she she says, and what'd you get for your $300? And he said, a shirt that smells like smoke. What'd you get for $130? Or no. And she goes, and what did I get for $130 and he goes beautiful the most hair. beautiful hair I've ever seen that looks the same <laughs> yeah and then they have the cutest kiss I've ever seen ever it was mm-hmm. not uncomfortable it was right. adorable because they weren't making out for like tongue down the throats I mean they were a little bit but it was like sweet and funny and cute anyway so then we go to Eric who's who's upstairs he's like hey Cor you want to go to the batting cages let's go and he's obviously trying to make up for everything and he can't find Cory and he like opens the bathroom door and Cory's not in there and then he finds this note on the desk that I guess is like uh I'm going to go do something dangerous yeah and he says I've you know I I need to go find myself and show you guys that I can I can do everything that that you don't think I can do, that I'm dangerous. I'm going to go do something crazy. I'm going to go do something stupid. I'm going to go do something with Mr. Feeney. (laughs) And Eric looks up and he goes, Mr. Feeney? And the note then goes, yes, that's right, Mr. Feeney. And Eric like bolts out the door because obviously Corey and Mr. Feeney are very dangerous. Mm -hmm. And he says in the note that he's going to be at the amusement park riding the new ride. And it cuts there too. Does he say that? Yeah, he does. Oh, okay. And 
uh, it cuts to a reporter at the amusement park, like talking about how everyone's going to die on this ride. They have to sign waivers and like the president of this amusement park is there and he's like, no, the ride's perfectly safe. But just in case everyone has to sign waivers and he's like, when she's doing this, she says, and the owner of the amusement park, Leonard, uh, did you think that she was going to say Spinelli? Yeah. She goes, Leonard Swindle. And I I was so excited the first time we watched it Can because I thought she was going to go in the owner of the amusement park, Leonard Spinelli. I thought so too, though. And he's just like, hey, you're, you're, uh, hello, I'm Leonard Spinelli. I'm, <laughs> I'm Alan's. And Corey's just like, I know, Leonard. <laughs> that would be so good. But instead, it was Leonard Swindle, a guy who looked this like... This is your fanfic. <laughs> skinny, yeah. A guy who looked skinny and, like, squirrely. And then he started to talk, and he went, everything's going to be fine. And I was like, whoa, did not expect that. Yeah, I was writing notes, like, furiously. And so I mostly just heard everything. And when I looked up while he was talking, I was in shock because he did not look the way he sounded at all. Yeah. Um... Uh, so that she's describing how dangerous and scary this ride is going to be. And she's like, and who would be dumb enough to ride this ride? And it cuts or it just pans over to Mr. Feeney and Corey. And they've got, um, uh, barf bags around their net. Yeah. Like, like a bib. Yeah. Like a bib. And, uh, Mr. Feeney's tie is like sticking out. And he's from holding, it. he's holding cotton candy. <laughs> yeah. And did it look like the people who worked at the amusement park were actually escaped convicts from the prison? I don't they know. They were in like orange jumpsuits. It looked, I I feel like they put it there to make it have like an air of craziness. Maybe I didn't catch that, but. Because um, like one walks over and takes Mr. Feeney's um, cotton candy before they get into the ride. Mm-hmm. So, and she says, why would you do this? And she holds the, the microphone up to Corey's face. And he says, why? Because we're dangerous. And we laugh in the face of danger. We're fearless. And um, she, he says, me and my pal George here, we're going to show those people that we're more dangerous than they think. And then she holds the microphone up to Feeney. And she says, and what do you think? How do, how, what does your grandfather think about this? And they're like, he's not my grandfather. I'm not his grandfather. I am the principal of John Adams High, and I am here to show Mr. Turner. Um, or And the faculty. The faculty at John Adams High that I am here, and they are not here. Um. So then, like, they sign their waivers mm-hmm. that says if they die on this ride, that... They won't sue. Their families won't sue. And it is a it is a two seater. <laughs> like yeah, it's, it's a it's a little bobsled uh-huh. with some cardboard uh, restraints restraints that don't actually stay down. I have written in my notes. This is terrifying. The things keep the harnesses or whatever keep popping up, and like it's a show. I get it. It's mm-hmm. not that serious, but oh my goodness, my heart was beating so hard, and. Off they go. He's like, well, no, Eric and, and Mr. Oh, Turner yeah. run in. Eric and Mr. Turner run in, and they're like, wait, what are you? Or they they run into each other, and Eric goes, what are you doing here? And Mr. Turner says, I got a note, and Eric says, I got a note. Well, and Eric is like, you got a note from Corey? He's like, no, I got a note from Mr. Feeney. So they run over, and like, guys, you don't need to do this. What are you doing? This is dangerous. This is crazy, and um. Uh, Mr. Feeney says, what, would you like to switch places with me? And they're like, no, 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 no. Um, and they kind of say like, you're right. You, we didn't even think about this. You don't have to do this. We, you have yawned like four times during this podcast. He says, my secrets. Uh, I didn't know if it was like when you were making a face and I had to tell everybody that you were doing it. Um, just narrate my life. Uh huh. So. They say, you're fine. Like, you guys, we get it. You're dangerous. You don't need to worry. Uh, you guys just do your thing. Get out. We're ready to go. And um, um, uh, they I, basically just say, like, no. Like, you can't talk us out of doing this. We're going to do this because we want to do this. And Mr. Feeney is just like, light her up. Yeah. He, he says, light her up. And, and uh, it just goes. And as it starts going off, because Corey starts going... 
oh, we don't we don't need to be going. And then he goes, going? And then they set it off. Yeah. And as he's, like, he's standing up and the restraints just come off of him. Yes. <laughs> they just pop right up. And, like, so Mr. Feeney pushes him back down and puts the, the whatever it's called, the harness, mm-hmm. back over him. But while he's do- while Mr. Feeney is doing that, his own harness is, like, bouncing up and down. Mm-hmm. So as they're going... The reporter is like, and there they go down the. Do you have? No. Okay. She's like, they're going down up, the, straight up, straight up, and now straight down. Like down the death hill, and then they're like, and now they're spiraling through the uh, spinning wall of fire. Which at first I was like, oh my gosh, that's awful. And then I remembered my very first roller coaster that I ever went on, other than like the kitty roller coasters, was the volcano. Hmm. Um, and there is actually fire that shoots up from the volcano and then you go through it and you can mm-hmm. feel the, the heat from the fire. And I don't think I ever realized how terrifying that was until she's like the spinning wall of fire. And I'm like, no, oh my gosh, I went on a roller coaster like that. There were actually a couple of deaths on the volcano too. And so, that was, I had to go on that like 72 times. Had to. So. It's not there anymore, right? Right. Okay. Um, uh, anyway. So. Anyway. So there's like six different scary things that they go through. And then he's, she's like, and here they come. And they come back and they started with Corey in the front car and Mr. Feeney in the back car. They come back, uh, terrified looks on their face, completely frozen in fear. Mr. Feeney's in the front car. Corey's in the back car. I would just like to point out that Mr. Feeney did not take his glasses off for this roller coaster that goes upside down and spirals through fire. You're correct. He did not. That was stupid. He also ran in front of the car. Oh, yeah. Because Mr. Mr. Turner bends down and he's like, George, George, are you okay? What happened up there? And he's like, uh, uh, and Mr. He says, weren't you, weren't you in the back when you started? And he says, I was in the back that shot me out of the car. I was in front of the car. I was running in front of the car. <laughs> But they made it. Mm-hmm. They made it. But um, Mr. Turner is just like, you can have, <laughs> you can have the ski club. He's like, I don't want the ski club. And he's like, you can have the chess club. Then I don't want the chess club. What do you want, Mr. Feeney? And he says, I want you to get this child off my back. Because and Corey's, Corey's like been gripping, like <laughs> holding on to Mr. Feeney's shoulders this whole time. So Eric pulls him off of him, and he goes, "How was it, Corey?" And he goes piece of cake and he goes what and he said i threw up a whole piece of cake (laughs) (laughs) it was so dumb but so funny so funny uh and in general this whole scene seemed like so weird and over the top and and but very funny yes but also like it didn't fit the kind of serious vibe we've been getting from the show though for the past at least three episodes Mm-hmm. they've lightened up a lot. And True. I think that we're going to be going a little bit heavier towards the end of the season, maybe. Mm-hmm. But the first, it was like the first six to ten episodes were like thought-provoking, still very funny, but very thought-provoking. And I think that they were just like, well, we need to lighten up a little bit. Um, and they did. And there's still like some thought-provoking stuff. Like Mr. Feeney's speech in this episode mm-hmm. where he's saying like, if you let people's... um ideas about you put you in this box then you're going to stay at this level Mm -hmm. um that was amazing and very thought-provoking but it's surrounded by this sort of like childish whimsical like funny stuff happening Mm -hmm. yeah it is it's definitely over the top and this whole roller coaster ride thing is over the top but then like Corey's like eric can you do me a favor? And Eric's like, anything for you, oh, dangerous one. And he's like... Well, because they had said, uh, Mr. Turner goes... Oh, yeah. or No, Miss Eric first goes, yeah, Corey, I can't believe you did all this. And you, you did it all because of me. Because he realizes that like, he... Oh, my messed- gosh, I did, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't realize that I did do this all but because of you. And Mr. Feeney, is- did you also do everything because of Mr. Turner? This is the first time that Eric is really, like, admitting that he completely manipulated Corey into doing what he wanted him mm-hmm. to do. And, uh, yeah, Corey's like, oh, yeah, you 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 really did do all this because of me. Hey, uh, Eric, I left my shoe in there. Can you grab my shoe? By the way, he's wearing his shoes. And Eric gets in the car and he goes, oh, 
um, Mr. Feeney, didn't didn't Mr. Turner get you to do all this? And he's like, oh, yes, he did. Get in there and help him find the shoe, old boy. And they push them down and put those wobbly harnesses over them. And he goes, light this pony. And like, mm-hmm. off they go. Mm-hmm. And they high ten each other. <laughs> yeah, they do. Um, and that's the end of the episode up until the post credit scene. Mm-hmm. So what happens in the post credit scene? Tell me the whole thing. I don't remember it. Did you write it down no. at all? Well, I guess this will be my scene for the marriage oh, counselor. it's the um, poker game. Nope. Yep, it is. Go ahead. Tell them about the poker game. They had a poker game. They had a poker game. They're a doing poker, a, <laughs> a poker game. <laughs> they're doing a poker game at Amy and Alan's house or at everyone's house. And there. Rodique is there. They're in the kitchen and Rodique is there and he is like, he's very like, uh, he's, he's doing he's doing a very fake French accent. And he's like, oh, why? This is so nice. Do I need to put down the blueberry one or the magenta one? And Alan says, the blueberry one, Rodique. Did you say blueberry because you sound like Madame Blueberry when you're doing No, that he accent? said blueberry. Really? Because as you were doing that accent, I'm like, oh, wow, he sounds like Madame Blueberry from VeggieTales. <laughs> no, he said blueberry or magenta because he was like making fun of the, the red and the blue chips. Mm-hmm. And Alan's like the blueberry one, and he says, oh, "Okay, how many do I need to put in? Just one." Okay, so he he um, he goes, "Okay, uh, how did you do?" And uh, Alan says, "All right, I want it three tens," and he slams them down on the table. And Rodique says, "Oh, on any normal day, that seems like it would be a very good hand, Mister Alan. Uh, but I has has what they say." A full boat. And he puts it down on the table. And Alan's like, all right, you know what? I'm done. I quit. This is crazy. Um, this game is getting out of control really quickly. He gets up to leave his own kitchen. And when he opens the door, <laughs> Elvis walks in. Elvis walks in and he goes, deal uh, me in. And Alan says, I, uh, I'm, I'm out of here. Unless you want to lend me some money. And he goes, how much you need? Uh, no, he doesn't say how much you need. He says, he's like, will a million do or will, something like Will that. a million and a half do? Yeah, it was a weird, like, dream sequence that wasn't a dream sequence. Yeah, the whole, like, a lot of this episode was a dream sequence that yeah. wasn't a dream sequence. Yeah. It was, like, the first time we watched it, I was just like, this is so, like, juvenile mm-hmm. compared to what we've been watching. And then I had to, like, think back and realize that they have been getting more sort of juvenile over the past few episodes so that I wasn't completely correct. But this was the most like season one type episode that we've seen probably since halfway through season one like it was more season one than the last episode of season one yeah i don't know i thought the last episode was pretty mature and a lot of thought-provoking stuff where eric where cory was dealing with um wendy and uh, how dealing yeah. with her like obsessiveness, but, but they did like the over the top stuff. Like, they had the dream sequence yeah. where he was an old man, and that was super over the top. But it, it was, it was so a real sweet too. It was a weird. It was a real dream sequence though. Like it wasn't like yeah. Elvis showing up. That's true. And like I forgot how emotional I felt watching super old Corey tell super old Wendy how wonderful she had made his life. It was just like, mm-hmm. oh. So yeah, you're right. This It's just this one. This one is, it's good. It's not a bad episode. It just doesn't give you a ton to think about. Um, and that's my book report. <laughs> I thought it was going to be like a 30 minute episode because the episode was kind of like a a quick over and done episode for us watching yeah. it, but we've talked for an hour. So, um, what'd you think of this episode, Alden? I thought it was fine. Like it wasn't bad. Like I feel bad saying that it wasn't, it was silly and weird. Cause it, it was silly and weird, mm-hmm. but it was also funny. Like there yeah. were multiple times that I laughed out loud and that's, I mean, I'm not the kind of person who laughs out loud a whole lot. So that, I mean, that's saying something, but there were a lot of times where I was just kind of like rolling my eyes, like at the, the roller coaster scene and stuff. It seemed like, and maybe it's just because Corey was calling Sean Potsy, but to me it seemed kind of like the old Happy Days episodes yeah. where they literally coined the term "jump the shark." Like it was all like very over the top, and now Fonzie's gonna jump a shark. Yeah. Um. So 
maybe they felt the same way. Like, and that's why they wrote in Potsy on that yeah, part. Yeah, it's possible. And I think, too, when they have to, like, think so hard about, like, how are these kids going to react to these situations and everything, maybe the writers needed a silly episode For to sure. sort of cleanse their palates a little bit. And it was still fun. And I think it was probably even more fun for the younger kids that were watching who didn't feel like thinking so hard about right. how hard life was going to get as they got older. And there's no reason to think, too, that ABC hadn't watched those episodes and said, look, you're doing great. These are fun and, and very interesting. But we got to get the families like something to enjoy. Mm-hmm. Write something silly. And right. They're like, oh, I don't know. Here. Yeah, and they definitely wrote something silly, and it was it was a fun watch. For me personally, it was really nice to watch it um, this weekend and the beginning of this week because things have been really stressful, and when things get really stressful, I need mindless things to watch, and this was definitely, like, a mindless episode. Yeah. Um, even writing down notes for it, it was... I could write them, like, absentmindedly. I didn't have to overly focus but on it. F- but for me... This, um, watching it twice was 45 minutes mm-hmm. that I was not playing Fire Emblem. And, uh... You poor thing. Life I is know. so hard for you. New Fire Emblem just came out on Switch, and oh my god. I don't talk about video games much on this podcast or anything anymore, because I don't do my video game podcasts ever anymore. But, god, it's good. Guys, he loves Fire Emblem so much. He loves it more than me. Oh my god. More than you love Fire Emblem? Yeah. No, he loves it more than he loves me. He called the officiant to come on Friday to marry us. But I have a feeling he's going to switch it up on the officiant and be like, I didn't think you'd come out here to marry me to my Switch. But now that you're here, I'm going to need you to do that. I don't need to get married to Switch. I'll just get married to Fire Emblem. They're going to be like, Alden, do you take Fire Emblem Three Houses? For better or for worse, till death do you part. And I'm going to be like, shh, I'm playing. (laughs) Anyway, it was a good episode. It wasn't incredibly thought-provoking, so there's not much to say about it. But here we are. Yeah. So I hope you had fun listening to us talk about it. Please, please share with your friends. Like. Not like. Damn it. Subscribe, review. Subscribe, review. Share it with your friends. Share it with your Get friends. Get us a listener in Montana. Get us a listener in Montana. Why are you just copying me? Didn't copy that. Mm-mm. Um, anyway, um, you anyway. can find us at BMG and BMW on Twitter, BMG and BMW at gmail.com. And you can find us on Twitter as well. Do some searching. Find us. We're funny. And our face. Are we? Sort and, of. Um, I did this whole tweet today about swiping on my keyboard. It was a good bit, you know? Oh, did I like that? Because I nah, saw it. you didn't like it. You don't like any of my tweets, so I stopped liking yours. <laughs> That's not healthy. <laughs> um, Take it to the to the counselor. I will. So <laughs> anyway, we also have a Facebook group. Um, just look for Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World on Facebook or you can go facebook.com slash groups slash BMG and BMW. I think that works. Maybe. Maybe. But anyway, we're, we know. We're just doing stuff, I guess. Find yeah, it. Find it. Or just listen to our show and share it with your friends. Yeah. And watch Boy Meets World with us. Yeah. Well, I mean, we lay out the episodes. So even if you know people that don't even care to watch, they don't even have to have a television. Yeah. Like. You, know, you can be a cord cutter. You could be a cord cutter except for your phone because you need your phone to listen to the podcast. You know, if they had their phones, though, and they can listen to the podcast, they can also watch the show. What if they don't want to watch things? Okay. They want to listen to things because they can do stuff better while they listen to things like the dishes or build a shed or um, birdhouses or garden or do some home improvement projects play like fire emblem or play you can listen to this while playing fire emblem and still know the exact plot of the episode because we outline every scene for you i wonder how well we do at painting the picture i don't know only time will tell when people start to tell us how well we do painting the picture we need to find people who haven't watched the episodes and ask them how ask your buddy i will ask dan rodriguez Dan, there's your shout-out. I know you've always asked for a shout-out. He hasn't. Um, but I will ask Dan 
how we do at painting a picture. But I don't know if he listens. He listened to one. <laughs> that's true. We weren't painting a picture with that when we were doing trivia. Uh, that's true. So anyway, uh, anything else? Our like- friends don't like our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. Our friends and family members. I don't know if any of my family listens. They might, and then they don't tell us. That's because we say things about them, and they're like, oh, if my mom listens, I'm so sorry, mom. <laughs> uh, 28, 28 episodes in, you're telling your mom you're sorry? Yeah, my sister listens to the one. It's 27 episodes too late. My sister listened to the one that Miranda was on because Miranda was on it. Uh-huh. Not because I'm on it, Mm -hmm. because Miranda's on it. And I talk about my mom in the episode. And I looked at Miranda and said to her while we were recording, you met my mom today, right? (laughs) And Amy was like, why are you calling out mom like that? Right. This is why our family don't, our family don't. Our our family don't like us. Our family doesn't listen to our show. Anyway, um, we appreciate everyone who actually does listen to our show. You guys are fantastic. And all the feedback we get is very fun to get. Um, and uh, I don't know watch the show with us have fun or don't watch the show with us whatever thank you for joining us this has been Boy Meets Girl Meets Boy Meets World season 2 episode 16 class dismissed